Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. Josh here today. A lot to get into. I'm going to break down the Monday night football game tonight between the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts. Then react to what I saw yesterday, week five. Big topics, another Chiefs loss, a Juju Smith-Schuster injury, a Russell Wilson injury that happened Thursday night football. Unpacking all of this and what to expect is we're now just a little bit past the quarter point of the season. Then I'm going to get into some college football highlights as well, including Alabama being taken down by Texas A&M. My reaction to the newest AP poll and who I think are the top five teams in college football. Then I will get into some more MLB playoffs and predictions today. And then we are on the eve of the NHL starting back up. Two key games tomorrow to start the season off. I'm going to break down those, talk about those, then give my MVP and Stanley Cup prediction as well. So a great show today. We're going to start with the uh, Indianapolis Colts in the Baltimore Ravens. What do I like there? What do I see in this matchup? Last week... After the game, there were some problems because instead of taking a knee at the end, uh, John Harbaugh elected for Lamar Jackson to run the football to continue Baltimore's streak of 100-yard rushing games. They tied the record, and then tonight they're looking on breaking it, which would be 44 straight yard 100-yard games, uh, surpassing the Steelers' record of 43 straight 100-yard games from 1974 to 1977. If I'm a Indianapolis Colts uh, coach, if I'm a coach there, if I'm a defensive coordinator, you better believe I'm going to try to stop the run. John Harbaugh and uh, uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson have talked about breaking this record, the excitement there. You better believe this is a rushing team. This is why they're close to breaking the record because their focus is on running the football. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm putting seven, eight guys in the box uh, to stop the run. The home crowd's going to be into it. It's in uh, Baltimore. I mean, they're hoping for this as well. If I'm Indianapolis, that's all I'm doing is trying to stop a run. Again, you're hurt defensively uh, as well. So, you know, this defense is definitely not where I projected it to be last or the beginning of this year when they were so good uh, last year. So I think this will be a tough game for them, especially Monday night primetime in Baltimore. 16-2 and in home primetime games under Coach Harbaugh. Uh, But I think this defense can hold Baltimore to me. Hasn't been that explosive uh, offensively this season, except for the game against uh, the Chiefs, who have one of the worst defenses in the league, the worst scoring defense in the league. But last week they played a Broncos team who were beat 0-3 teams. They didn't look as good. They barely made it out against the Lions. Uh... So I believe it'll be the similar style. Uh, to me, the only concern is, is Indianapolis going uh, 
to score points to win the game. Last week, they faced the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have not been good this year by any stretch of the imagination. And they're falling apart. So to me, those were two equal teams right there, the Colts and the Dolphins. Uh, I don't expect a big game uh, from Carson Wentz tonight at all. I just don't. Uh, I believe the Baltimore Ravens will win this game. I am picking them uh, to win this game. I don't believe Frank Wright will be able to do enough offensively to uh, keep the uh, pace that Baltimore will be going at. So I believe Baltimore will win this game. Do I believe they will break the record? Yes, I do. I do believe it. I really don't want them to break it. Uh, a long-standing record like this. I know records are meant to be broken, but streaks are also meant to end. I would love for the Indianapolis Colts to win this game, uh, not let them get the record, and kind of have this kind of propelling win for the Colts. I would love that, but do I think it will happen? No, I don't. I do not have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz, this Colts defense, to do that tonight. Now, moving on to the Week 5 highlights, what we learned from this crazy Week 5. I'm going to start off with kind of pegged as the game of the week, which was the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I said the Kansas City Chiefs would win this game. I said there's no way. Patrick Mahomes is going to lose this one. He's already lost one to Lamar Jackson. He ain't going to do this one to Josh Allen, especially at home. Big AFC game, AFC rematch game. I said the Kansas City team will be ready to play. And God, was I wrong. I also said that the Bills defense, we were all overreacting to. It's not for real. Was I wrong on that as well? It's time to swallow my pride and said, you know, there was no cause for concern for Kansas City. Well, now there is cause for concern. This was a good Buffalo Bills performance coupled with a bad Kansas City performance. Uh, two key things here I'm going to highlight is that the Kansas City team, it's fixable. I'm concerned, but it is fixable. I'm concerned... Because they are very unlikely to have the first round by this year. I After this game, I'm not writing them off. I still like Kansas City. They were my preseason pick to make it to the Super Bowl. I'll bite not win it. But I am concerned now. I do not think they will have the number one seed or home field through the playoffs. I really do not believe that the way Buffalo is playing. I believe it's Buffalo the way the Chargers are playing. It's going to be formidable to beat them. Kansas City has one more game against them. But essentially, the Buffalo Bills are two games ahead of the Chiefs. They own the tiebreaker. Uh, that's essentially three games ahead of the Chiefs. And the Chiefs don't have the easiest of schedules uh, moving forward. They play the Titans. If they get everybody healthy back by then, that could be some cause for concern. They play the Packers. 
that has a high-flying offense, Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders, they still play twice, uh, and they've looked good. Derek Carr in this offense, they play the Cowboys. They're flying high. Broncos have a good defense. Uh, so this team right now, I am concerned about, and this defense is atrocious. It is. People are saying it's 2018. Well, to me, it looks worse than 2018. This team looks terrible. And I know there's injuries. Last night, Chris Jones didn't play. Uh, Jardavius Ward didn't play either. Their cornerback. So that's two starters that didn't play. But if they were to have played, I believe this outcome would still be the same. This defense is terrible. It really is. I mean, it doesn't help that... Patrick Mahomes is turning over the football three, and this team is. They had four turnovers last night, uh, two interceptions. And to me, those two interceptions were really uh, unlucky. Why? Because Tyreek Hill, the first one, he throws it to Tyreek. Tyreek just drops it right into Micah Hyde's hands, then that gets returned for a pick six. Don't like that. Another one, it's just a simple kind of screen route, uh, out route, and the defensive end deflects it, and I rarely see deflections like this. It's usually just batted down. This one happens to go 10 yards up in the air, and Rousseau, the defensive end who batted it, happened to track it down and intercept it when they were in the red zone. So that was unlucky for them as well. But Patrick Holmes also fumbling the ball. He cannot do that. This team, fumbling in general, cannot do that. Uh, the turnovers are costly right there. And you can't get in games. You can't ask your defense to step up when they've been this bad. You just can't gift the opponent points. Uh, it's unacceptable. They can't do that. I believe Patrick Mahomes is trying to do too much. I believe he has to take it back to the basics. Uh, last night in the game, they were kind of dinking and dunking uh, around the middle of a field. And they could have done that from the beginning. They don't have to always go out and make the big plays, try to force plays when they're taking Tyreek out of a ball game and they're leaving two safety, safeties deep 20 yards. That leaves you room to attack the middle of the field to, you know, make the offense not going to look good. It's not going to be sexy. But if you dump it off to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey for five yards, and you trust those guys uh, to make plays, I just think Patrick Mahomes is trying to force the ball downfield too many times. I get trying to take chances in doing it, but too often you are getting burned, and that's what I'm seeing last night. That's what I'm seeing so far this season. Another thing I don't like as well, uh, and I'll talk about this more when I get into the San Francisco-Arizona game, but that's the going for it on fourth down. I think this year... I feel I've seen teams go for it on fourth down so many more times compared to previous years. Uh, I know that's part of the analytics and, you know, when you're near uh, the range, you know, trying to just get points, get the extra first down, you trust your defense. But the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't trust the defense. Uh, I believe the game is 17-10 to 10, nearing the end of the first half. And instead of electing to kick a field goal, they were on the Buffalo 35, fourth and five. They go for it. They don't get it. Ensuing drive, Buffalo makes it 24 to 10. So you could be looking at a 17 to 13 
or you know if they drive down the field that could be 20 to 13 or 24 to 13 but again the buffalo wouldn't start at your 40 yard line or their 40 would be their 25 so you know you kind of reset everything but you give them that momentum i don't like the play call at all that hurt them that hurt the psyche and then of course those turnovers entering back from the long lightning delay hurt this team so kansas city i am concerned about do not believe they will get the number one uh seed this year and we'll see how they fare with that not having home field advantage but i'll give buffalo two or credit to buffalo as well their defense was great it was phenomenal uh a week ago i said i'm not buying this defense well, I'm returning that. I think I'm buying this defense. This is legit. Do I think they'll finish number one? No. But is this defense good? Yes, it is. They were able to rotate the defensive line. They were able to rush for, which was the success we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rushing for and beating them, which they did. Second biggest loss of Patrick Mahomes' career last night, 18 points. And the Buffalo Bills took a page out of the Tampa Bay book where they were able to rush with four and eliminate the big play with Tyreek Hill. And what they also did was uh, beat up Travis Kelsey. Uh, There's so many penalties last night on both sides, and most of those came from the uh, pass interference on Travis Kelsey holding him. The Buffalo Bills committed 10 penalties, 103 yards. You usually say that's a recipe for disaster, but in this instance... It worked out for Buffalo. Uh, Kansas City themselves were flagged seven times for 55 yards. Have to tip my hat to the Bills because they were the better team. In other news with this game as well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hurt his knee, sprained his ACL, uh, and he'll be out a few weeks. Uh, So I hope he gets better. Uh, He recovers as well. Don't think that's a catastrophic injury uh, for them considering they are a passing team even though we try to get the running game going. Now moving to San Francisco and Arizona. San Francisco on a two-game losing streak. Arizona on a five or a four-game winning streak. Only undefeated team. Will they keep it? What a defensive battle this was. I had the privilege of attending this game. It was Trey Lance's uh, first start, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be high fire or not, uh, but that was not the case. It was a defensive possession. And I will say this, the Cardinals, or the uh, 49ers lost this game because their inability to convert on fourth down. As I said with Kansas City, the 49ers went for it five times on fourth down. It felt like every time near midfield, they'd go for it. And they only converted one time. They were 1 for 5, 20%. That was not good enough. That simply cannot do it. If you are the San Francisco uh, 49ers, you have to convert or at least trust your defense. Their defense was really good uh, last night. And, you know, I think you trust your defense instead of Going for it, uh, putting your defense back at the 50, 40 yard line, you punt it, you pin them down, whether it's within, you know, the 5 to 20 yard line, it helps your defense 
out because your defense was doing great. They were getting after uh, Kyler Murray. Sacked him a couple times for huge losses. Uh, and I thought that would be performing in the women's game, but they did not. But one for five killed them. And it led to points uh, for the Cardinals. And they won 17-10. Uh, to 10. Trey Lance was impressive, other than his kind of first drive where he threw an interception where he kind of airmailed the receiver. Uh, but other than that, he kind of calmed down. Uh, costly again, uh, drive fourth down at the one-yard line, and Trey Lance could not punch it in. That's a huge turning point. Uh, but this defense for Arizona showed up on the offense, wasn't really connecting. The defense showed up. DeAndre Hopkins is the man. Most Josh Norman in the end zone for a terrific touchdown catch. That was simply brilliant how he was able to haul that in. He was great. Uh, so congratulations, Cardinals, still undefeated. Kyler, you know, played acceptable. No interceptions, which I like from him. Uh, other note from San Francisco is they need to find a running game. Their leading rusher was Debo Samuel. Couldn't really get it going with Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon. Uh, that could hurt them as well in this development of Trey Lance. But I believe, you know, Trey Lance showed me that he can lead an NFL team. They... Uh, were inspired by him. You know, the defense said, you know, he did some good, some bad, maybe he slides some more. But it did look like the play calling wasn't great. I, to me, it was too many design QB runs and draws to me. It, to me, he should be played not like Lamar Jackson and more like a Russell or Patrick Mahomes where those runs are more, you know, off-the-cuff scrambles and kind of breakdown throws, not always looking to run the ball because that establishes a run First instinct in him. Dallas and the Giants, uh, Dallas Cowboys took care of business uh, yesterday. Expected, you know, after Saquon Barkley gets carted off with an ankle injury, Daniel Jones concussion, uh, Kenny Galladay as well was injured. I believe Darius Slayton injured as well. Uh, so injuries taking a toll on the Giants. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, you know, had an easy win there. But again, they are connecting. And uh, what I've been saying as well is they need to rush more than they run it. And they'll win the game. Guess what? They follow that formula last night. 39 rush attempts, 201 yards to 33 pass attempts, 314 yards. And Dallas wins the game uh, because they are feeding Zeke. Uh, Zeke was great in this game. Uh, Dak Prescott was good, throwing for over 300 yards. Zeke rushing for over 100. Great performance by the Cowboys all around against an opponent that really didn't test uh, Dallas at all. Then for a shootout, the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles 47-42 for the win. What a terrific game this was. The back and forth in this game was simply simply uh, brilliant. Uh, Cleveland, at one point, uh, went into halftime at 20-13 to 13 and then scored to open the third quarter. So they had a 27-13 lead the Browns on the Chargers. 
but never fear. Chargers came back. Uh, two touchdowns later made it 28-27. Then Cleveland back again took the lead. Then the Chargers back to tie it. Then the Browns to take the lead. Then the uh, Chargers to then uh, try to tie the game. And they miss the extra point. So it's 42-41 to 41 Chargers. Then another uh, three and out by the Browns. Chargers defense stays strong on that. Chargers get the ball. They drive down the field and they get the first down. They're trying to just gonna kill the clock. And the Browns shove uh, Eckler into the end zone. Very smart, intelligent play so that Baker can get the ball back. Uh, he does. However, they cannot win the game. Uh, with him, no interception like the Chiefs game. Uh, drop by Odell Beckham in this game was huge. The defense let Baker down as well. This defense should be better than that. Uh, they should. They shouldn't be allowing uh, 500 total yards, 380 passing, 112 rushing with Miles Garrett in company. This team should not be doing that. Very poor defensive uh, performance. Thought the Chargers would barely win because of their offense, but I did not expect it to be this high scoring. What I will say, right now, I like Baker Mayfield. I like him more than uh, a lot of other people, but I will say, who would I rather have on my team, Justin Herbert or Baker Mayfield? For their arm, give me Justin Herbert. He's simply brilliant. They asked Justin Herbert uh, to throw the ball more than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was able to compete in the shootout yesterday, throw for over 300 yards. Two touchdowns was great as well, but Justin Herbert was simply better. Quarterback rating of 84 Passer rating of 122, same as Baker, but he was great. This team was great, and to me, this is a team that's uh, threatening to be the top class right now of the AFC. Another big win, just like they did over the Chiefs two weeks ago, and this Chargers team is looking very, very dominant. I like this Chargers team a lot, but this Browns win was inspiring a week after they can only score 14 on the Vikings, and then they go out and drop 42. Uh, I'm glad you were able to do that. Baker's uh, issue, uh, shoulder issue, not that big. Next week, big game against the Cardinals at home. Let's see if that's a defensive battle or if that's one where he has to put up many points talking about Baker Mayfield in this offense. Las Vegas and the Raiders. uh, I don't know what happened to Las Vegas in this game. This high-flying offense. Couldn't get uh, going at all yesterday. Uh, Derek Carr, 206 yards, one interception. Uh, Justin Fields looked all right, able to manage the game. 111 yards and one touchdown. Not many yards by both teams. 250 for the Bears and around the same for the Raiders. Same total number of drives, but the Las Vegas team did look had little energy, looked flat. Not good at all. It was in Las Vegas, too. And uh, Chicago got a win. Huge win here now that they're 3-2, and two, mind you. 
They have the Packers up this week in Chicago. Battle for first place. What will we see there? To me, not going to preview this game yet. But will this defense give Aaron Rodgers fit? Can the Bears offense score points if Aaron Rodgers is able to battle through there? They have a tough stretch coming up. So I'm glad they were able to get some key wins. But they play the Packers, uh, the Bucks, the Niners, Ravens, Cardinals coming up. Packers again. Big stretch for the Chicago Bears. New England and Houston. What a scary game. Did not expect it to be this way at all. 25-22. New England, I thought after the master class performance they put on a Bucks, albeit a loss, they would uh, uh, have an easy time with Houston, uh, who's really shown no competitive life as of recently getting shut out by the Texans and blown out by the Panthers. But they did. They did show some life in this game. They played great to me. Uh, David Mills... Davis Mills outshined Mac Jones uh, in this game. And, you know, it took a late effort. You know, they're down uh, 15 to 6, 15 to 9 going into halftime. Open up the third quarter. It's 22 to 9 after a first touchdown drive from the Texans. And then they score 23 unanswered points to win the game, New England. Great performance by them. Kept their composure. Uh, didn't give up as well. Mac Jones, big road win as well. Not a good Texans team, but able to do this for a rookie quarterback. Uh, that boosts your momentum for sure. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, poor, poor uh, Jacksonville after a tumultuous week with... Uh, Urban Meyer and what happened last week. Derrick Henry cruises through what I thought Derrick Henry would do to the Jets last week. He did to the Jaguars. Again, I said he loves facing the AFC South. And that trend carried on. 29 carries, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Big day for him. But James Robinson also was feeling 149 yards. And one touchdown to me, Trevor Lawrence outplayed. Uh, Ryan Tannehill as well to me. Ryan Tannehill does not look as good this year as he has done the previous couple of years leading his team uh, to playoff appearances into an AFC championship game. Uh, to me, the Jaguars are improving. Uh, they're kind of getting close uh, to a win, uh, even though they have 20 straight losses. That's a lot. Don't believe that trend will continuing very soon. I believe they'll get a win this season. Not overreacting to this and saying they're going to drop to 0-17 and be the first 0-17. They have a winnable game in London against the, the Dolphins this Sunday. That'll be a very interesting game to watch to see if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lords can get their first career NFL win. Philadelphia and Carolina. Carolina uh, started 3-0, now 0-2 in their past two games over 3-2. Not looking good. Uh, Bad loss to the Eagles, a game they could have won. And to me, only gets more difficult. As I said, this team has a tough closing stretch. And if they're losing these easy games, bye-bye Carolina. Again, I never liked uh, Carolina to make it to the playoffs. Stop the 3-0 is another smokescreen. 
And that is a pairing with case. Sam Darnold had a vintage Sam Darnold performance yesterday. 177 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is vintage Sam. It is. You can't get much better than that. 18 QBR, passer rating of 44. I mean, that is the Sam Darnold I have come to love, have come to accept and see on Sunday mornings. So I'm glad he is back to his original self. I'm not buying the hype with Sam Darnold and his Panthers team. Miami and Tampa Bay. Oh, I guess the past two weeks for Tom Brady quieted the MVP talk. Well, that volcano erupted yesterday with something he's never done before, which is throw for over 400 yards and pass for five touchdowns in the same game. Tom Brady was simply brilliant yesterday. Just brilliant. Carved apart this Miami defense. It was close for a while there, 24-17. to Going into the fourth quarter, and then the breaks get uh, thrown off, the wheels are gone, and Tampa Bay gets 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was just a brilliant, brilliant performance. Uh, five touchdowns, two of them to Antonio Brown, two of them uh, to Mike Evans, a pass out to Giovanni Bernard. Tom Brady is looking better than ever. Antonio Brown, the fastest player to reach 900 receptions. Fastest. He's 33 years old. He's the fastest to do it. And you've got to think, you know, he basically missed close to two years. Uh, One year, didn't play the other eight-game suspension and had issues. So a lot of time off for AB. Could have reached his milestone so much sooner, but he still did it. And to me, has proven to be, or to Tom Brady, has proven to be his favorite target. Yes, he likes Chris Evans. Yes, he likes uh, or Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But there's just something about A.B. he likes is the deep shot, uh, trusts his instincts, has a report with him. So he likes him a lot, just like he likes Rob Gronkowski. Antonio Brown is the favorite to be featured. And when all of them are healthy, as I said before, you just can't cover all of them. You just can't line up on defense and cover Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. It's just too much. You double-team one and single the other. It's just impossible. It's tough. That was a classic Tampa Bay performance. I'm glad they got back on track after this game. But again, a loss to Levante David. Uh, missed the rest of the game uh, after uh, a lower body injury yesterday. Hopefully he's okay because with the back four injured, they can't risk the front seven getting more injured than they are. Pittsburgh-Denver. Two two and three teams, uh, big win, uh, or it was a three and one team, a one and uh, three team, big win by Pittsburgh there uh, to get this win and to stay sort of relevant. Najee Harris had his best day. Offensive line had his best day. Ben Roethlisberger still taking shot. Had the big shot to Deontay Johnson last week for a touchdown. Same thing to open up this game. Fifty yard pass, similar route. They did that. Uh, that's working for Pittsburgh. However, big loss, Juju Smith-Schuster, reliable wide receiver, season-ending shoulder injury. We'll see how this offense fares next week, Sunday night, against Seattle, against a terrible defense. Minnesota and Detroit. Yesterday, I will say, 
I have been an avid and outspoken uh, against Dan Campbell. have not liked him, but I will say last night I did gain some respect before Dan Campbell. I will give him credit. They should have won that game yesterday. I felt Dan Campbell's pain after the game. Uh, you know, it was 16-6 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, Detroit, 37 seconds left, gets the touchdown. They have the guts to go for it on two, saying they want to be competitive and win games. They get the two-point. It's 17-16, to but there's 30 seconds left. Does this ring a bell? Oh, a few weeks earlier when Justin Tucker walked off against Detroit? Same thing happens. The defense cannot hold easy throws down the field. Greg Joseph nails a 54-yarder to beat Detroit as time expires. Dan Campbell basically in tears yesterday. Uh, as he says, his guys fought so hard. And, you know, you know this, it was tough for them to lose this game, how proud he is of his team. I will give him credit for everything he said post game for the way he called this game. And to me, the Lions are 0-5. There's no changing that. You know, they're a bad team, but there's two games they should have won. But uh, Baltimore Ravens and yesterday, they should be a 2-3 and team. They're not an 0-5 team. They play better than their record suggests. To me, you know, they're better than the Houston Texans, albeit the Texans having one win. They're better than the Jaguars, who have zero wins. This Lions team is playing tough. I will give them credit for that. I will give Dan Campbell credit for that. Uh, Dan Campbell earned a lot of points in my book yesterday for the things he said after the postgame press conference yesterday. A lot of respect gained from him. don't believe they'll go 0-17. Uh, believe they'll win one or two games because they've shown to be ultra-competitive in the games they've played. Atlanta and the Jets, the London game. Atlanta won. Let's move on. Green Bay and Cincinnati. Green Bay overcame four missed field goals by Mason Crosby, something we rarely see. Terrible night for him. Uh, three missed field goals. Uh, but he won the game. There was just no stopping Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they did pick off Aaron Rodgers once, but they could not stop Devontae. 11 receptions, 206 yards. Too much was great. Uh, but again, this game proved to me that Cincinnati is a playoff team. I believe they'll make the playoffs this year. They were great. They went to overtime with the Packers. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is Brilliant. That's money in the bank right there. That is a sure connection right there. That's a target he likes and trusts. And Jamar Chase trusts his quarterback as well. I love that connection. I do. I just would love if Joe Burrow uh, took those interceptions down a notch. Two big ones yesterday uh, to go along with a couple missed field goals for Cincinnati. Some miscues kind of all over the field on both offenses. but the uh, Bengals are a really good team. Their offensive line is playing better than advertised. Uh, they're buying into Joe Burrow in this offense. I like this Bengals team a lot. Look out for them. Last game I'm going to go over 
is the Rams and the Seahawks from last Thursday night. I thought the Seahawks would barely get the win. And I believe they would, however. Russell Wilson dislocated or ruptured tendons in his uh, throwing middle finger. Aaron Donald caused that. Uh, and after that, you know, Geno Smith comes in, gets a touchdown, but at the end throws the interception. Big loss for Seattle. Not just a game, but losing Russell for four to eight weeks. Had to get surgery, you know. Next few games, Steelers, very manageable, very easy. The Saints, doable too. The Jaguars, then a bye uh, before the schedule definitely picks up. And they play, you know, the Cardinals, uh, Packers. So four weeks here, I know he's targeting. I don't believe he'll be back against the Packers. He said his deadline, give him the Cardinals. I like that deadline. It's ambitious. But I believe if they want to make the playoffs, he'll have to be in by this game. And they'll have to go 3-0 and their next three games before they're by. If the Seahawks lose any of these games to the Steelers, Saints, or Jaguars, their season is over. They need to go 3-0 and in that stretch and be 5-3 and heading into their bye week. That is a must for them. But Matthew Stafford prevailed. Very bad start to the game. Uh... But he overcame that, was able to shred the defense in the second half where it was 7-3 to going into halftime. Explosion of 26-17 to win for the Rams. Now their schedule kind of gets easier now. Now moving on to college football. What a weekend it was for college football. My pick of Arizona State to beat Sanford. Oh, That was correct. The Red River Showdown. Game of the year, Oklahoma and Texas. What a game. Oklahoma walks it off 55-48. They were down in the first quarter, Oklahoma. 28-7 to Texas. Looked over. Looked bad. Texas was playing great. Oklahoma gets a couple more scores to come back. Then it's 38-20 Texas at halftime. And I'm like... Texas is still doing it, 21 points to 18. I like it. In the third quarter, it gets scarier. It's back to now 11 points entering the fourth quarter, and then the uh, fourth quarter blows up. Oklahoma actually takes the lead 48-41 to before Texas comes back with a minute left to tie it up, and then their defense can't hold it. Back and forth game, the defense, Spencer Radler, Getting taken out, replaced by Caleb Williams to win the game. Uh, Epic to me. He should be the quarterback going forward. Spencer Radler has proved uh, to be done this season. No longer, to me, even a Heisman contender by any stretch of imagination. What a performance by Oklahoma. Arkansas and Ole Miss. A classic SEC game. Thought Ole Miss would pull it off, and they did. Matt Corral hasn't thrown an interception this season. Was great, polished in this game. To me, uh, played with the lead, played with a little bit of an edge. Back and forth game. It was, you know, touchdown Ole Miss, touchdown Arkansas to tie it up, lead back to Ole Miss, then back to uh, Arkansas. Arkansas with a gutsy call at the end. After they get the touchdown, they're down by one. They kick the extra point. We're going into overtime, folks. 
but they decide to go for it, and they don't get it, and Ole Miss wins 52-51. The back-and-forth, Matt Corral was brilliant, uh, much better than last week, even though he didn't throw an interception last week. Uh, Arkansas was much more his style. Georgia-Auburn. Georgia blew Auburn out after a short-lived lead by Auburn, 3-0. Georgia did not look back at all. Then I said, I am not on the BYU train. That is what I said. I said, I'm not buying into their hype at all. Don't believe in it. I said, Boise State will take the upset here. And was I right? Four turnovers, three fumbles lost by BYU. That is how you lose a game, folks. Up 10-0, to and next thing you know, you're down 23-10 to and lose 26-17. to Great win by Boise State. Upset, I predicted, and again, BYU is not there at all. Penn State and Iowa. First off, picked Iowa to win, and it did not look like that way at all. It was 17-3 to for a moment there in the second quarter. Uh, Sean Clifford was playing tremendous football, 146 yards. He did throw a couple of touch or interceptions. However, he was running it officially too, kind of a dual threat, was playing great. Vinny gets knocked out of the game. How would they respond? And offensively, could not get it going. It was 17-10 to 10 at halftime, 20-10 to 10 Penn State, and then 13 unanswered points uh, by Iowa. Penn State just could not score with the back of quarterback in. Huge loss because to me, Sean Clifford stays in. Iowa really had... No answer. They were not going to be able to do it. But against a backup, they did do it. Their only tough test of the season. And now it's much easy sledding from here. Big win by Iowa. Huge loss for Penn State now. Who really can't have another loss uh, to get into the playoff. And they still play Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. Not out of the clear yet. Then late field goal by Notre Dame to beat Virginia Tech in a crazy game after Jack Cohen was benched. Uh, Tyler Butner walked it off for them. Great win for Notre Dame. Michigan, same thing against Nebraska. All the teams that came in today uh, to Saturday, Michigan, BYU, Alabama, Georgia, the four teams that never trailed, all ended up trailing. Uh, two of those lost, but Michigan was the lone team standing there uh, for a while until the end of the third quarter when it was 22-19. And mind you, Michigan went into the halftime break up 13-0. Defensive clinic, defensive masterpiece is what it was. Great game call by McDonald, Harbaugh. They are playing efficient. And they get out of halftime and Nebraska scores quick. Michigan responds with a touchdown. They don't get the two-point. I was surprised they go for when their defense does it. To me, that kind of opened up some momentum for Nebraska. Ensuing touchdown. Then again, after a Cade McNamara interception, his first of the season, his first of his career, and it's 22-19, and I'm starting to worry. Then Michigan gets a touchdown, retakes the lead. Blake Corum's taunting the fans, eating corn. I'm loving it. Nebraska answers with a touchdown, 
Now I'm nervous. Michigan goes down. I think they need a touchdown. They get a field goal to tie it up. Gives Nebraska the chance to walk it off. And Brad Hawkins, safety. Forces a fumble on Adrian Martinez. Costs the ball up. They get the win. Late field goal. Jim Harbaugh was ecstatic. Kate McNamara after the game said, no disrespect to Michigan teams in the past, but this is a game we typically lose if this is an older team. I agree with him. I was so worried because this did look like a Michigan game of old or they look so good and they kind of blow it in the end. They don't seal the deal. However, Cade said, this is a different team. I like that attitude. I like his leadership. Do I think he's a better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy? No. I would love to see J.J. McCarthy more in big moments than others just running the read option to the left, which Nebraska knew what was going to happen near the end there. Love Cade's leadership and poise, especially his comments after the game. That's the mark of a leader. Uh, However, to fend off a better quarterback and J.J., he just needs to pass the ball better. There's a little inaccuracies there here and there. Hopefully the bye week will tweak that. And then a game against uh, Northwestern before a huge showdown against Michigan State. Then the upset of the year so far. Texas A&M beats Alabama in a game I thought Alabama had no business losing. A game Texas A&M had no business being in. 19.5 point favorites, Alabama. Texas A&M just lost two in a row. One to Arkansas, one to Mississippi State. Mississippi State ran a two-game losing streak. They look terrible. Who knows what happens? I thought Alabama would blow them out like 55-17. And Alabama loses this game. Down 17-7 to in the first quarter. But this is Alabama we're talking about. Then it's 24-10 to going into halftime. And there's uh, rumblings of this could really happen. Alabama comes back uh, with a block punt return. And it's like this is Alabama. But then to answer... A kickoff return for a touchdown for Texas A&M. And it's like, maybe it's destiny uh, that this happens. Uh, Alabama comes within and takes the lead. 38-31. And I said, this is it. It's over. However, Texas A&M ties the game. They get the ball back. Walk it off with a field goal to win it. To me, I thought this offense was fine. Uh, Bryce Young was great. One interception was big. But Calzada did the same thing. They were both spectacular. Alabama's defense, I expect more from Nick Saban and his defense. I just do. Now this puts them in a spot where now they have to run the table to make the playoff. And I believe they'll win the rest of their regular season games. I feel pity for Mississippi State, who they have to go now against us after a loss. You know, Tennessee, LSU... Uh, not formidable against an Alabama team. Uh, so it's going to come down to that Georgia game probably at the end, which will be brilliant. But Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, first win against a former, uh, our Saban's former assistant's first win against him. He was 24-0 and or 25-0, and and Jimbo gets a win here. Big win for them and Texas A&M to kind of course correct this ship. Then the top 25 came out, and again, I'll give Ohio State the edge here over Oregon because they're playing great. I'll give Georgia the one, Iowa the one. However, I don't like Cincinnati at three uh, at all, I believe. You know, 
if Oklahoma, Alabama were to play them. I believe one of those two teams would beat Cincinnati. I truly believe it. Even the Ohio States as well are a healthy Penn State. Michigan only moved up one uh, to eight. Michigan stayed up one. Kentucky moved up a bunch after back-to-back wins against Florida and LSU. Now a big game against Georgia coming up. Uh, Texas A&M moved up from unranked BYU. Big drop as well. But my top five would be five Cincinnati. They're playing great. Desmond Ritter is playing great. This defense is playing great. Uh, undefeated number four, Alabama. I just think head-to-head. Alabama versus Cincinnati right now, Alabama would still win this game. SEC is a class above the AAC. Number three, Oklahoma. Big guts to pull that off. Caleb Williams looked more poison. Spencer Radler loved the win over Texas. Number two, Iowa. Again, big win over Penn State. That's now three uh, top 25 wins they have so far this season. Big win from Iowa. Number one, Georgia. Best defensive team. In the country as well. We'll see if uh, Bennett can hold off Kentucky this week before the bye week and getting JT Daniels back. Hopefully by the Georgia game. We'll see how they look. But their two biggest tests of a regular season now come between Kentucky and Florida. How will they respond? Now some MLB talk. I was going to pick the Braves and the Brewers. But that game is going on, so I will not uh, be picking that game. I will just say that the Braves are up 3-0, bottom of the 7th. Uh, looks like they'll probably go on to win that game. Then you have the Astros and the White Sox postponed. Uh, but, you know, you know, sign-stealing implications. Uh, allegations were said that, you know, Houston's stealing uh, from Chicago. That's probably true. Houston's a bunch of cheaters. I don't like Houston at all. That's just what they do. Cheating's in their DNA. Once a cheater, always a cheater. However, I believe the Astros will win this game, win the series 3-1. to one. Then we raise them a Red Sox in a surprise. I thought the Rays would sweep. They are on the brink. Now 2-1 to one after two big losses to Boston. However, I believe that the Rays will respond. I believe Colin McHugh will outduel Eduardo Rodriguez, a left-handed pitcher going up against a right-handed lineup of the Tampa Bay team. I believe favors Tampa Bay. I believe we will see a winner-take-all Game 5. Then the Giants and the Dodgers. Alex Wood versus Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, great first game. In the wild card, he's back to pitch. Alex Wood pitches. And Max Scherzer, uh, I mean, Alex Wood is a left-handed pitcher, so they're kind of right-handing the lineup, Albert Pujols. But I think this plays into the advantage of the Giants. Everybody picking the Dodgers to win tonight. Max Scherzer, brilliant on the mound. I believe Alex will be brilliant. I believe the left-handing hitters of Dodgers are more potent then be right-handed hitters. That's just what I think. I fear be Max Muncie, who of course is not injured, uh, but Cody Bellinger's and all those brothers more than the Dodgers. That's just what I think. And I think the Giants will get the win because of that. Now moving on to some NHL news. Yesterday, Mika Zibanejad, center for the New York Rangers, signed an eight-year, $68 million 
deal with him to me. He's their number one center. That money's worth it to me. That implicates that whatever Jack Eichel sweepstakes there are is no longer the case. My pick for MVP, Connor McDavid. And to me, it's, it's sort of rigged. It's always going to go to Connor McDavid. People are enamored with Connor McDavid. They love Connor McDavid. They should just crowd him the MVP now. It doesn't matter if, you know, Patrick Kane has, has the most points uh, per game and helps his team to a playoff or Sidney Crosby uh, does the same thing with his two-way game that's better than Connor McDavid. People are just enamored with his ability to score and his flashy plays that you just should just give it him the MVP right now. Um, really don't like the way that's done, but I'll predict it just because that's an easy prediction. Stanley Cup. I believe the Stanley Cup is going to be the Boston Bruins of a Colorado Avalanche. To me, Colorado and the Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the West. However, the the what's it called? The Vegas Golden Knights got rid of Marc Andre Fleury, kicked him out, and guess what? The way you treat people, it all comes back to bite you. Last year, Colorado lost to them in part because of Flurry. This year, they won't have him. Colorado will advance past the Golden Knights, and you know the Golden Knights will wish they held on to Flurry for another year. So Colorado will advance in a very weak and uncertain West. And Boston, I believe, will do it. No three-peat for Tampa Bay. I totally forgot about it. Uh, Tampa Bay, that they won two in a row. I mean, I forgot about the bubble and then the weird playoff format last year, how they happened to play the Canadians in the finals. I mean, it's just all very strange with a real season. It's about time. The Lightning will not win this game. They finally had to cut uh, cap people, you know, so they don't have $18 million over the cap. I mean, geez, it's about time this team thing gets figured out. And it's about time a real Stanley Cup this year. They won't be winning it. Division got tougher. Guess what? The Canadians are back in there. Boston's back in there. Uh, Florida's in there, and they're much difficult. I think Detroit's a better team. So Toronto's back in there too. So I don't like Tampa Bay winning it this year. However, tonight or tomorrow night highlights the two opening games of the NHL. The first is the Penguins and the Lightning. Of course, my Pittsburgh Penguins are playing opening night against the Lightning where we're going to open with the banner and the ceremony and the accolades and... uh, and of course, my team's shorthanded. No Evgeny Malkin, no Sidney Crosby. So of course, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay because my team is severely shorthanded. And Tampa Bay is coming in healthy and emotional. Uh, don't will not pick my team to win, but I will be rooting for my team to win. Then after that, you have the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Seattle. With a very, very confusing draft. Uh, I do believe Vegas is a much better team. I believe they'll win uh, this game. Seattle basically has an AHL with a few NHL player lines. Very concerned about the Kraken. Don't think they will be any type of nice success story like the Vegas Golden Knights were at all picking the Knights to win this game. So that's it, folks. I'll talk to you all soon. Who do you think will win tonight? Who do you got? The Colts-Ravens. Do you think the Ravens will break the rushing record? Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.